gentlemen, kids, non-kids, non-binary friends, other distinctions of people listening to the show. Welcome to the most electrifying, must-listen-to podcast in sports entertainment. Welcome to FFC. I am your host, man who carries around a severe amount of rage and disappointment in his heart at all times, Damian Ellinghouse, accompanied as always by good friend and lover of excuse-making, Ryan Doyle. Excuse me? Well, you know... If they fuck up the rumble, that's how you know that that the end is coming. That's you. You say that. Excuse me. You want to talk excuses, huh? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. All right. You have a comeback there, or was that just like a? Yeah, you know, I uh, I almost had my lawyer step in tonight because listen, uh, Smart Mark is busy. Well, listen, you uh, you forgot a little little event last week. Did I forget a little? I did. I did forget a little event. You did. did. Yeah, I did. Well, can you blame me? Uh, The weekend was just so disappointing. Yeah, sure. Yeah. The weekend that happened after my birthday. Yeah. Yes. I, the (laughs) retroactive um, uh, uh, shame of it all. uh, I knew that ahead of time. So I preemptively didn't say anything to you on your birthday so that um, we'd both be disappointed. Well, I guess you have to join the. Uh, kiss my ass club so present it and it'll be kissed <laughs> you're gonna have rikishi come out yeah yeah no i we got plenty of ass oh, here uh, one a funny memory i have um was my uncle he wasn't really my uncle it was my dad's best friend who passed away uh two years ago um i have a very distinct wrestling memory like i never watched wrestling with him before you know he grew up on like wwwf with my dad but uh, we were all together one night, and we watched the episode where uh, Vince McMahon was going to have, uh, I think, Trish Stratus kiss his ass, if I'm correct. It, but then, it, no, it was it was either Trish or Stacy Keebler. He was going to kiss one of their asses, and then it was Rikishi, right? That's yeah, the, and then The Rock comes about. out, and then like, oh no, okay, I know what it was. So Vince McMahon was going to kiss Trish Stratus's ass, or Stacy yes. Keebler. And The Rock comes out, and like Vince is like all excited to like go kiss the ass, and then The Rock like sticks his hand out, and then Rikishi yep. comes out, and we all know what happens afterwards. Just yeah, a very, good. very fu- funny memory. That's the one where he's on his knees, right, and he's yeah. like scuttling his way over <laughs> yeah. to, the, to gift, the lady dude. butt. Yep. I'm almost positive it was Stacy because I remember the little like hip wiggle she was doing during yeah. it. That distinct hip. The wiggle, distinct Stacy Keebler. Uh, dating george clooney butt wiggle god what the fuck dude how are we gonna explain this to our children we're not we're not we're just gonna (laughs) let it die in the annals of history is what we're gonna do and speaking of things that should die in the annals of history ladies and gentlemen i have no i have no no history for you today i have no fun facts i have only complaints and vitriol and i have the same complaints and vitriol that the millions and millions of fans out there have had but you know what you're listening to this show so you're gonna hear our particular brand of vitriol because we hate ourselves so we're gonna talk about the 2022 royal rumble and all the reasons why we should all kill ourselves so ryan what poison are you drinking tonight 
I have a little selection from our friends at Ghost. It's not a beer. I thought it was a beer, but it, I, this is a nice little pleasant surprise. It is oh, yeah, a Ghost Moscow Mule. Your favorite. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I like that. A little venture um, into the uh, into the annals of, of uh, canned cocktails. I guess uh, I guess we're some mediums today because we're venturing into the spirits. Ooh. <laughs> it's the spirit because it's booze. Uh, Duclaw, the, the Pastriarchy series is a favorite of mine. And they really got me on this one because we got here the macchiato milk stout. And oh, does Papa love Ooh, nice. a coffee milk stout? Nice. Uh, and it's 6.5%. Usually they're stronger. So that's that's exciting. It's a, it's a manageable it's a yeah a manageable situation. Uh, so we're just gonna go ahead and crack and complain. Ah, uh, that's yeah. They got that one right. This is good too. It's not like we do the cut water in Moscow Mule. Mm-hmm. So spice. So it's so spice. <laughs> What is a spice? Okay, so I <laughs> uh, I saw a few things in the past seven days. Let's shoot. Let's shoot. Uh, and one of them was was Brian Kendrick okay. making his way to <laughs> AEW. And by, by the time you all listen to this, this will be old news, old hat. But uh, in the last seven days, I saw Brian Kendrick get released from WWE immediately added on to dynamite with a marquee match against the returning John Moxley and then immediately get pulled after he uh Wait, he said that pulled? only 200 he was pulled wow, because I didn't know that as of because this he afternoon. said that he said within the last decade that only 250,000 people died in the Holocaust and Rome killed 10 million oh, Christians fuck, and they man. didn't get a country out of it and uh, which also is like weird because whatever they had they had an empire um and reptiles and and just you know all the good the, the good mensch hating that we love to see i'm just uh considering that we know jerry the king lawler's like eating habits of the 1970s i'm surprised like we never heard this before at least i personally have never heard this before so apparently this like it was i don't know that this level of comment was well known but brian kendrick is like a well-known conspiracy peddler but i guess maybe it was the more harmless like if you're somebody that talks about reptilians then like maybe you're not necessarily somebody full of bigotry and hatred and anti-semitism like maybe you just think lizard people run the world and like that's cool that's like a fun one um well the rothschilds are always just around the corner they're oh yeah they're right there you know they're 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 right there uh first it's at first it's that Bosk runs the the Department of Finance and and then you you know you you start getting into Jew territory. But <laughs> uh I guess these ones were uh not known to everybody. And so uh Tony uh, yes, Khan, I see the, the the Jewish uh the Jewish medic stealing eyes from the Haitians after the earthquake in twenty ten. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, our boy Wheeler Yuda got his spot, so maybe that's just for the best. Oh, is that what happened? Is it Wheeler versus Moxley? Wheeler with Orange and Danhausen against Moxley. Well, it, it, it OC and Danhausen are backing him up, but it's going to be Wheeler. That's sick. Good for that's my son Wheeler Yuta. That's my son getting marquee moments. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, so 
In the last seven days, I found that out about Brian Kendrick and I read all of that and I watched the video and it still wasn't as bad as the men's Royal Rumble. So, wow. um, all right, folks, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. Now, we didn't do a Rumble lead up this year and like, thank God we didn't. But part of the reason it was not as important to do a Rumble lead up this year is because it was a it was a kind of strange thing where you weren't really sure who they were going to have win. And it's it's always kind of exciting when you have a rumble where there's no dedicated story or there's several dedicated stories going into it. Where you're like, I don't know, like I could see a few people winning, but we were stupid to think that. And part of that is because Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley uh, and Edge and The Miz were all on other matches. Right. So automatically you lost any of them. Which should have been fine, but was not. Um, it's all Shane's fault. Yeah, it's all Shane's fault. Which right. will. So I mean, I know we can murder this, but what were your give me give me your three expectations? I guess. Uh, so here's the thing: my expectations for WWE are really low these days, and uh, I know a lot of the times we like to talk about how like. You know, we're we're not uh, shit on WWE podcast by our nature and we're not trying to do that. But like today, today, I've got time to do that. Um, I very often watch WWE out of like a macabre fascination with the dreadful, dreadful product they've been putting out for the last few years. But also, right, like we have a podcast here and we can't sound like fucking dummies and not talk at all about you know the biggest uh, wrestling company in the world even if they don't want to be known as that and so i watch and my expectations are always really just like if i could get like one or two enjoyable moments out of this like if i could get like 30 minutes of wrestling that i find enjoyable or like one main event that pays off then like fine whatever i didn't waste my time and the night started as though I was going to get that. And that, honestly, Ryan, I think that's what makes this so... I think it's what makes this hit harder than normal bog standard, oh, WWE is boring shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I mock you, but it is true. Despite the fact that, like, there have been a few dud rumbles in the last few years, 2014, 2015, you know, 2017, whatever. Um, The remains that the Royal Rumble is usually pretty hard to fuck up um, because you ask very little. You just want a bunch of people and storylines to collide and maybe some people that normally wouldn't collide. And you get a couple of celebrity spots and a couple of comedy spots. And hopefully the winner is somebody that you're excited to see main event WrestleMania. And so there's not you're not really asking that much and it doesn't take that much to be entertained by it. And the women's rumbles have largely been pretty good as well. Um, So then you combine that with the fact that you're getting Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns for the first time in years with Seth doing with both of them doing their best character work, maybe ever. And then you're finally getting Bobby versus Brock. And you have the makings of what on paper should be a pretty fucking good event. Right. Um, Yeah, correct. And that's what made it so shitty. Seth versus Roman, make no mistake, in a vacuum, if you can just like for a moment separate it out from anything else 
that happened afterwards or what story. If you just were to take that match in a vacuum, even with the ending, which for those who didn't watch, Seth comes out to the shield theme. Incredible comes out with the vest. He's just full on troll. And Roman just can't fucking get to him. The Usos are barred from ringside. Uh, the whole match, Seth is just toying with Roman and taunting him. And when Roman hits the spear, goes for the pin, and Seth holding out the fucking fist for the shield bump and going, I always love you, brother, cackling to himself. Uh, beautiful stuff. And then it ends with uh, Roman locking in the guillotine. And then Seth... It's kind of a funny moment where Charles Robinson drops his arm conspicuously onto the on rope. The rope. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly noticed that one. She's like, and, "What was that?" And I was like, oh, "It's a, you just you gotta let go." And Roman refuses to let go, and he's like, "He won't let me let go." And the whole time, Roman's like talking to himself in a vacuum. The match was terrific. Outside of a vacuum, the ending was only like. I only was able to accept the ending as something other than disappointing, depending on what happened next. Right. So I didn't hate that, but it the problem is, is that WWE does that all the time. Like a, yes. a dusty finish in a, in a case like that, where you have two Titans going against each other for the first time in a while. Uh, you know, this is not the end. Well, this certainly isn't going to be the end of them fighting, but I mean, like this is, you knew that the feud wasn't going to end particularly here. Um, so that's that you're right. Um, and therein lies the problem also is that, you know, the feud's not going to end here, but also with what happened next, the feud's just not going to continue anytime soon. And that, that's the problem yeah. because then the women's rumble happens, right? And you've got legends galore, uh, people that haven't shown up in WWE and in decades. Ivory, uh, Mickey James coming out as Impact Knockouts champion and being booked to have like a pretty solid showing at that. Michelle McCool coming out and not immediately being thrown out. Uh, Kelly Kelly, you know, fucking the Bellas. And then, of course, WWE legend Summer Rae. Summer Rae, Lita, Mighty Molly. And then, of course, Ronda Rousey. Now, Here's my thing. So overall, uh, this th I feel like the women's rumble was fairly divisive. I feel like there were a lot of people that fucking hated it and I could understand hating it. But uh, me and Ryan texted each other throughout the night. And, and for me, I enjoyed it. Thought it was a good time. Um, But there were some issues, you know. Uh, you know, Naomi and. uh uh who was her partner yeah. ivory right I, no 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 uh god <laughs> alicia Fott? no no one of them one of the legends was like the first tag partner for naomi see what you do vince and then they didn't like interact with one another at all pretty sure it was ivory no, she was in a tag team with Alicia Fox. Oh, that's what it is. No, no, and, uh, no, because Sonia Deville showed up and like. There you go. That's what it was. And threw they have, out. They have beef, I guess. Whatever. The point is, like, 
there were issues like with the men's rumble has where just people you would expect to interact didn't and that sucks and then ronda rousey comes in and people felt that ronda got gassed after a couple minutes um yeah you know i'm not defending her she had a baby a couple months ago so uh but you know there are also things like sasha and bianca didn't even share the ring together sasha starts out number one and doesn't even last 10 minutes I didn't have a problem with the women's rumble, but it highlights problems that we had with the men's rumble. Yes, it was Cameron. It was Cameron. That's who there I'm thinking go. of. Yeah, Cameron and Naomi were like tag partners at the beginning of Naomi's career, and Sonya like threw out Cameron, and then Naomi came out afterwards. Just like weird shit like that, where it's like, why couldn't they interact? Um, Moreover, like, hey, we just released you a couple months ago. You want to come back for the run? Yeah, go fuck yourself. Um, but like Ronda winning to me, it wasn't that problematic because while I do understand the idea that like the the Rumble should be the time where you're establishing new superstars or setting up interesting shit. Look, here's the deal: a returning Ronda Rousey. That's that's gonna be good for the bottom line. Uh. It's not like she came in and demolished every single person uh, and like eliminated a thousand and one people like she. It wasn't that bad. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. She had one, two, three, four eliminations. Nothing crazy. Uh, She looked as dominant as you need to make her. I didn't think she looked that fucking terrible. And at the end of the day. Rhonda and Becky is like unfinished beef uh, from their match. What? Three years ago now. So all, all in all, my point is like, would I have maybe enjoyed more if Rhea Ripley or Bianca wins again or if like Sasha goes one to 30 or a returning Bailey? Yeah, sure. Sure. But does this result bother me? Not particularly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think we were but in this agreement is the with issue. That. So you you get lulled into a false sense of security where you have one incredible match with a not great ending, and in a pretty good if unspectacular match, and you're like, mm, I wonder what's happening. Yep. <clears throat> and then Becky Lynch do drop, which like I think I think Piper is real good. Um, they said do drop more than they said any other fucking word on the entire broadcast just highlighting how goddamn ridiculous it is that once again she was given this name because she was being bullied by Eva Marie and then that paid off nowhere and she kept the stupid fucking name anyway and then every fucking three minutes every 30 seconds I have to hear do drop out with the offense do drop on the on the just my god it's so branding 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 it's so bad meanwhile you got Becky Lynch Lynch big time Bex the man like uh, bad match was fine but meh then again bobby lashley brock lesnar and that match i thought started off pretty good throwing each other around a little bit they're showing that like neither one of them is gonna be able to dominate like they normally do Uh, and then you know it goes on for a little bit and brock hits an f5 and knocks out the ref because i feel like that's one of their favorite spots uh, why referees continue to stand so closely to Brock Lesnar as he's delivering a suplex in which the other person is spinning their legs out. I don't know. 
Uh, and then Roman comes out and Paul Heyman hands him the title. And oh, yeah, Paul, Paul turned on Brock. And then Roman hits Brock and then Bobby pins him. One, mm-hmm. two, three. And you somehow made me upset that Bobby Lashley won this match. Because, because here's my thing. Do you it, the story here is not, oh, my God, Bobby Lashley won this match. The story is Roman and Brock. Bobby and therefore the WWE championship are secondary. They're secondary to this story. Did I need another fucking Paul Heyman turn? No, I, I didn't. Wa- like, look, like separate that. Roman just coming out and fucking shit up. But now we got a fucking, I don't know. We've been doing this for fucking 20 years now, man. You know, it's, it's, it's only interesting because it's Brock, but like only just, and again, this is a match that people have been clamoring for for 20 years and they don't even get 11 minutes and yeah. it's got a fuck finish and Bobby's winning the, Bobby winning this championship isn't even the most important thing that happened. Well, yeah, the implication that like Bobby was just told like I know he's a heel, but like still like Bobby just completely being, oh, cool. I have the championship. I won this. I won this fair and square. Like, you know what I mean? It's just I just it's not. I have no words for how disappointing it is. Yeah. And then it's made like Edge and it, first off, the grit couple. Can we not with, oh, with that? What a, maybe what a fucking what a cool down, again. baby. Holy shit. The grit couple. My. Can we not a, like I'm happy uh, that they got to team up together. Can we not waste Edge's precious waning moments in WWE <laughs> with this man? I'm, Come on. I'm not even <laughs> bothered with the match, but the name. Ugh, ugh. Uh, but what, uh, whatever edge and Beth hitting, uh, st- uh, stereo glam bomb, whatever. It's fine. It was fine. Uh, Vikings pal. Y- yeah. Uh, Maurice is still not good in the ring, but who, whatever. Um, and in the rumble, I, what do I say about this rumble? Ryan, what a, it, like I texted what I you supposed to say, no, but the thing, like, the winner aside, just, okay, it starts off awesome. You have AJ and, and Shinsuke. Perfect, right? Awesome. For 45 seconds, awesome. I'm convinced that when Bobby showed up and AJ and he got the TNA chance, like, Vince just, like, threw a fit. Like, that's it. It's going to be mediocre for Piero and pal. Yeah, because that, that, that was cool. That was the thing. Like, there wasn't, like, it's not about just. It's not about just putting 30 guys in a match, right? It's not about, you know, it's about who you, who comes out at what time, who's in the ring together, the, the subsections of stories that you have woven into the rumble itself. Like there's a, there is a very delicate balance to it. And that just was not here. Uh, this, like, this is the quickest rumble. I mean, the timing was the same as it is every year, but Five through twenty-five was just a blur, and there was no pops. There were no surprise returns. There was not even like, like La Knight coming up from NXT. I know he's kind of been on the he's kind of been on the roster, but I mean, like, no not even Roddy, uh, no Champa, no Gunther of all. Like, you're in yeah. the middle of a giant rebrand for this megastar. No Gunther. I get that. Which don't even get me fucking started on that. And then you have him 
out here cutting fucking promos in German about how it's time to abandon the name of my for- no 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 like no, how no. how uh, how awesome would it have been if like just Cameron Grimes came out like that's all you needed you know that would have gotten a good pop you got Johnny Knoxville which. His, the jackass music got one of the loudest pops of the night because, wow, it's a theme we can recognize. Like, yeah, I mean, seriously, this was a real. I no I did fin. like the song style uh, arm that he laid on on fucking AJ, though. That was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was fun. That was fun. But but this is this is the thing, right? Mm-hmm. AJ Styles, almost 30 minutes in the match, gets the most eliminations in a night. Who does he get eliminated by? Mad Cat Moss. Oh, Ryan, God. who is Mad Cat Moss? I don't even know. I don't know. I can't. I don't know. I thought him He's, and fuck. Is it Riddick Moss? Is that the same guy? Yes, that's him. Uh, he looked like a fucking Chippendale guy. What the fuck was that, dude? <laughs> oh, my God. He's, Where he's, was Cesaro? <laughs> no Cesaro. No Cesaro. No Finn Balor. No Finn Balor. Finn Balor, nowhere to be found on one of the big four of WWE events. I don't know. Why do they hate Finn Balor? I mean, if he was in the Rumble and he got eliminated, would you be more pissed off? Why? Why? Instead of Austin Theory coming out third, why couldn't it have been Finn Balor? Imagine AJ Styles, Shinsuke and Finn Balor all being in the same fucking ring Mm -hmm. against one another. Wow, that'd be cool. Like even even AJ and Bobby Roode. Right. Like, right. That's cool. They were in TNA at the same time. And like that could have gotten more than a couple of seconds. Also, yeah. What's up with these themes, man? I, I did not They're recognize half bad. the themes, bro. What, like what is with Sammy's like they got rid of Sammy's ska theme for I I don't know what it is they got. They got rid of Shayna Baszler's theme, which was one of the fucking most badass themes on the roster for nondescript rock riff number 375. Mm. Like, it, it, uh, Sami Zayn eliminated so far, like, no Sami Zayn Kevin Owens interactions. No Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, Rick Boogs interactions. No anything. No, no any one thing was interesting about this rumble. And I just, and then I see Bad Bunny come out and I'm like, this is cool. And Bad Bunny stunts on everybody again. Bad Bunny is welcome in a wrestling ring any day of the week. Any day of the week. Love it. But then Shane McMahon in the last three. And then at number 30, the internet told me this is going to happen. And I said, no, no, no. You're going to be wrong today, internet. No, no. No, no. And I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. Brock Lesnar comes out. He's in there for two minutes. Dominates everybody, eliminates Drew McIntyre. I'll after. pause you there because you forgot something. So Riddle was still in the ring, and right. did you notice his face? Like they particularly focused on Riddle's face, and like he was the only one excited that Brock came out. And then I said to myself, "You like even if Brock wins this match, it will be worth it for me if they got an interaction." 
They did not. <laughs> they did not. What, what happened? What what happened? Brock just threw everybody out and that was it. Riddle, but Riddle did get a great MMA section with Shane McMahon. Oh, yeah. Yes. So. The, 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 the time-honored tradition from the Gracie family of the little punches. <laughs> Here's of a long list of problems in this rumble. By far the most egregious is that Brock Lesnar did not need to win this match. Brock no, Lesnar he could have just dominated at the elimination chamber. I don't know, like you know what I mean. He could have, he could have literally done nothing for the next two months, and then the day before WrestleMania, come out and been like, "I want to face Roman Reigns," and then that would have happened, and everyone would have been like, "That's fine. We don't cool. need a build. Yeah. We get yeah, it." I know. And then to would add you, insult you, to would... injury, Continue, what did sorry. I what? What, what no, did I want? finish your thought because I'll just. Uh... And then to add insult to injury, Brock Lesnar gets added to the elimination chamber, which then becomes for the WWE Championship. And despite it being full of great talent, Bobby Lashley and AJ Styles and Riddle, um, we just get further confirmation that Seth will not be involved in this whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brock wants to do title versus title. And look, maybe I'm getting worked. Maybe Brock doesn't get what he wants. Maybe it's uh, some elaborate ruse. But like from where I'm standing, I don't see how Seth fits back into that puzzle. I don't see how Brock doesn't win the elimination chamber. I don't. I don't know here. I, I and and I'm sick. I'm sick and tired of being told. Well, let's see what happens. No more. They haven't earned that in so long. I just wanted a couple of hours of genuine fun from WWE. If nothing else, I could have at least gotten some fun where I could have turned it off and been like, yeah, this was cool. And instead, it was just like, why did I waste my time doing this? There's so much other good shit happening. There's so many other things I could be doing. Yeah. Why yeah. are we as wrestling fans just why? Because we don't matter. Th- we don't matter. This isn't a hostage situation. It's a goddamn television show. Why is it this bothersome? Why are we still doing it? Casual and fans, this, and, bud. And that was my answer is this is why I don't watch it. It's I'm, not for uh, us. Why should it's not for I? us why, anymore. It's not, it's not for us anymore. And I don't even really know who it's for. They're doing uh, numbers. But yeah. I mean, dude, even my casual friends who like watch WWE and like, you know, even they had a problem with this. So <laughs> there's your market audience. You said are- you said Ronda was good for business, right? That's all they care about, dude. They care about like the nondescript fan logging onto Twitter. Oh, Brock won the Royal Rumble. Awesome. Like, you know what I mean? He, even though he didn't leave or anything like that. I'm trying to think all day of like when... The rise and fall of everything was, and I'm 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 thinking back to WrestleMania in New Orleans, thirty two. Uh, no, thirty four. Yes, thirty four. So, do you remember the lead up to thirty four? It was, was it was Roman and Brock once again, but like it was Roman uh-huh. and Brock for the first time. 
Since, was that when uh, Seth was Money in the Bank winner? Was that that WrestleMania? No, no, no. It was the one after that. So this is like when we're finally like this is still on the here's Roman, here's uh, Roman. Yep, yep. And you know we were fine. Like we, <laughs> I think we were at peace at the time that we're just like Roman's going to win this match, and like maybe we can finally be done with like it's Roman. And uh, uh, you know we all like. They change like you know that's what everybody expected, and then they were just like, "Oh, you expect something? Ha <laughs> ha! Fuck you!" And then Brock ended up winning, but Brock got pissed off at that because I think he generally like, that's the famous thing when he throws the belt at Vince and yeah, shit yeah, like yeah. that. But that's it, man. Like they're just they're tired of fucking people on the internet predicting who's going to win. Uh, you know, Meltzer's reporting about their plans for WrestleMania the next year, the day after the the. WrestleMania of that year happened. So do we could we can we can fucking lay out the entire year for WWE and we're right, you know? That's that that's where everything is lost on us. I think And that's just how it's gonna be, you know? I think the it's not for us anymore. This is akin to the PG era with me. And I took a break. And it was hard for me to take a break at the time because at that time that was my original run from being five up till college. And like, you know, I was like, sucks. I don't want to watch this. And I stopped watching and it got better. I think it, you know, it's funny. It, like, it got better, but at the same time we had our problems with, with like WWE circus 2016, mm-hmm. but at least we had the, the, the burgeoning, uh, brand of NXT. Yep. Fueling that. And the yep. thing of this, like, um, we don't have to have another NXT conversation. But the the great thing about NXT was that okay, we're gonna have a real good fucking crop of people for years to come within WWE, and eventually it's just gonna have to write the ship itself. Well, that's not happening. So yeah, I mean, listen, it's a breaking point. This and is a podcast. This is a podcast called Filthy Fucking Casuals, and the whole idea from Jump has been how do we present stuff where people who really like the products and people who don't can like follow along and and you know understand it and and be like oh, okay cool I, I can follow along with this and I feel genuinely as if it is not worth talking about WWE almost ever at this point, because even for casual fans, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Casual wrestling fans are not tuning into impact or AEW or new Japan or, you know what I'm saying? Like mo- as a general rule, mm-hmm. if you're like a casual fan, if that's how you feel about wrestling, that you're no, like, but when, I you, will when you say wrestling, you say WWE and it's been like that yeah, for exactly. a long time. And it's hard for me as a fan to find ways to spin this in a way where it's like, well, this is something worth checking out because, you know, even when they like get shit right, even when things work, you know, it's people say this all the time about WWE, but it's just a it's a company of moments. It's a company of look at this thing we did. Look at this headline we can make. Mm-hmm. Look at this uh, cool picture we can take. And then that's it. And there's no payoff almost ever. And like, what is the purpose of watching a TV show? Because th- that's what this is. This Let's not make wrestling into more than what it is. It's a fucking TV show. I stopped watching Walking Dead like three seasons before it ended. It's not even over. Like I stopped watching 
not long after Negan showed up because I was like, I don't see the point to this anymore. And you yeah, know what? That's just what it is. Like, and I'm not even going to sit here and be like, oh, if you want to watch wrestling, watch AEW. But you know what, man? Like, if you at least want to watch a mostly cohesive show that does what you mostly expect it should do and sometimes throws some surprises at you and you walk away feeling like, yeah, that's the cool story that was told. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Go watch fucking that AEW. Go watch Impact. Go watch New Japan. Like, I, it's just really hard for me to recommend watching wwe at this point and this rumble i don't know i that period of like 2015 16 you know where the rumbles were truly fucking awful i well maybe not 16 because 16 is when aj debuted but like 14 15 17 that whole era i wasn't really watching that much uh or i'd only just started watching again and I, I so I can't say definitively this is the worst rumble that's ever happened. But on since of rumbles, I've paid attention to this was the worst because it wasn't even just enraging. It was like it was like, why do I have this? Boring. Song? I could do <laughs> literally exactly like I'm watching with my wife who like Gina likes the rumble. Gina always has liked the rumble mm-hmm. since like we've been watching wrestling together. And she turns yeah. to me at one point and she goes like. Wow, really glad that I watched this with you because I'm fucking miserable and I'm just like, this yeah, is so goddamn I awful. I was Kelly in yours in this situation, just being like, why asleep, is this on? So. <laughs> then she's smarter than us, Ryan. I was pretty close. But you know what it is too, man? Like, remember the remember the crowds that used to gather for the big four pay-per-views? Like they were like mm-hmm. Like you could t- like you know exactly the the type of crowd. I was, like they knew everything. Like the the smart marks. Yep. And they, they they don't they're not there anymore. The 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 crowds that used to gather after the the raw after WrestleMania, which was always a a pay per view within itself, they're gone. So it it listen. I mean, we're not gonna we're not gonna fucking harp on this much too longer because no, guess what? It, we're gonna have this conversation can. again. Um, we've said what we can but it does make you think it does make you think as like for us the fuck is the point of talking about anything outside of like mania at this point like (laughs) we'll continue talking about it we'll continue talking when it's relevant but like you know it this this just felt like a little bit of a of a of a paradigm shift to quote moxley where it just made me realize, like you said a few minutes ago, it's it's not for me. It's just not for me. It's it's not for somebody like me that enjoys the style of wrestling I do. It's just whoever it's marketed for, whoever the millions of people are that are watching, whoever are whoever is enjoying it, that no longer includes me. Mm-hmm. And we have never been luckier to have so much good wrestling that you can watch that's readily available and accessible and easy to understand. And so there should be, I should, there should be no despair because you know what? All of the time that I don't spend having to watch raw or SmackDown or NXT at this point is time. I get to watch impact or strong or Noah or AEW. And you know what? That makes me happier. That makes Mm -hmm. me happier. And for the casuals out there, you like what you like. And if this is for you, I'm not going to talk down to you. Like, like I said, this, uh, this obviously is appealing still to millions of people. So I will not talk down to them and I will not, uh, you know, be all oh, you fucking idiots don't know what you like. But for me as a wrestling fan, 
I, there's just nothing there for me anymore. Yep. And that's sad. Uh, but I guess it's also not that sad because like it's a billion dollar company and like, it's only sad of the 25 year investment that we have into this company. And we, we, we still expect it to to turn around and I guess we're just going to have to wait a little longer. That's what we have to, that's where we have to close the the chapter at, you know? No, you're, you're a hundred percent right. And you know what? Uh, there are still wrestlers there that I love. There are wrestlers there that I will love in spite of what they do. And, you know, if they succeed and people are happy and the wrestlers that I love are happy doing their thing, like Sami Zayn, like Seth Rollins, like Asuka or Bianca, then then cool. You know, and I will still follow their careers and be happy when they do stuff. But, you know, you can't you can't get this emotionally invested in bad products. And like you shouldn't really get emotionally invested at all, but like it's a TV show, so if you're not emotionally invested, why are you watching? Right. So right. You, you know, I mean, to the immediate factor that not necessary. Yeah, not um, necessary. But you know, I mean, it's not for us. We'll see what happens. <laughs> it's it's not for us, and you know. But uh, is it for the audience that they're trying to go after? It depends on who that audience is, I guess. NXT 2.0 really seems like it's catered strictly to the male gaze and like older men that like <laughs> sexy ladies and dick jokes. Did you say the male like gaze as in viewing or the male gaze? <laughs> no, the male the male gaze with eyes. Not oh, okay. not, not gay people. I love Joe Gacy. <laughs> Oh, the colors. Oh, I love oh, the, the colors. colors. No, no, that's that's not what we're saying here. If you are a male gay that likes 2.0, uh, that's lovely. <laughs> but no. Hey, listen, uh, you know, I mean. It's just another year. You know what? Impact broke 100,000 viewers the other day at one of their last episodes. And that's for them. that's my point. You know, we talk about this a lot, but there's never been such a great amount of wrestling that you can watch that is so distinctly different from anything else and at least we have that at least we can we can close this episode this portion of the podcast where we have other options now this isn't 2015 when we were fucking complaining about roman winning in a ham-fisted way uh because we didn't have anything else at the time aside from a couple small promotions that you couldn't really get invested in uh, so yeah, that's the happy ending. Yeah, so it's the saddest. Hey, remember we talked about got. Raw on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how's that streak going, buddy? Remember when we had to worry about fucking becoming a weekly episodic review show? <laughs> now we're here, where I don't. I guess we don't know. But we what didn't we even have to about. make that decision. The decision was made for us. <laughs> now we don't even know what to talk about anymore. We're so angry that we can't come up with like large in-depth historical pieces because we got to talk about this thing that makes us angry. But we also don't want to review it anymore. So I guess yeah. we'll talk about nothing. But here's something. Something is that uh, Ryan and I will be attending our very first indie together. And my very first uh, indie show as well, Um, because we will be going to see our good friend Bryce Donovan in action on February 6th in Lynbrook at Create a Pro Intoxication. 
Now, let's take a look at that card because I want to run it down real quick. Uh, I'm excited to be going to this. A, because I never thought I would get to go to a wrestling show. I never really thought I'd be the type of person that would go to a wrestling show. You know, like like growing like an up, indie I wrestling never, show. Yeah, I never. It's never something that I expected would be something I'd be particularly interested in. We you almost know? have to at this point, right? <laughs> Thanks, oh, absolutely, Vince. we have to. Thank you for releasing <laughs> half your roster to fill the annals of all these indie federations. <laughs> but um, also, I never thought I'd get to go to a wrestling show where, like, I knew a wrestler. Like, that, I knew that's a very that's a very key point right there. And that's so cool to me that that's like a thing. And honestly, the the show looks really, really fun. So you got a six man tag match where larger in life consisting of Dante Drago, Eric James and Jack Tomlinson take on the major pod. Brian Myers, Mark Sterling and Matt Cardona. Uh, the Cap TV title is going to be up. Slade, the reigning champion, is going to be taking Aaron Rourke. Aaron Rourke, who's been teaming up with Shukru as of late. The three-way that our good friend Bryce is going to be in and obviously going to win against uh, a star that he has shouted out consistently as one of the best doing it, VSK and Anthony Green. Uh, we're going to get to see Bear Bronson versus Doc Gallows in a street fight. And look, I am not like the biggest uh doc gallows fan in the world but uh street fight against bear bronson that sounds great that sounds like a lot of fun to me uh we're gonna get ccpa versus max caster so another AEW legend there we're gonna see davian versus ava everett and we're gonna see a lumberjack match johnny clash versus jay clang and i always thought it would be cool to see a lumberjack live so um i've never seen a living lumberjack Mm -hmm. ever so I'm just excited. You know, I'm excited to be going. Uh, I think it's really cool that Creative Pro is able to get, you know, uh, obviously it's it's run by Brian Meyer. So it's no surprise that like Matt Cardona is around. But it's really cool that like Doc Gallows can show up. Cool that Max Caster still feels like, you know, he wants to show up and do stuff. And people like VSK and Slater, Aaron Rourke are some of the future of this uh, industry. And I think it'll be really cool to get to see Bryce uh, before I inevitably see him on my TV screens again. So I'm, you know, I'm just I'm looking forward to it. And it makes me think about, you know, talking about how much good wrestling there is out there. You know, in a way you made the joke, but how how I guess I'm thankful that Vince has just diluted something I love this much. Where I'm like, you know what? I will seek it out in other places and I will go check out Creative Pro Wrestling and I'm going to get to see uh, these, you know, folk that I see on my TV screen and, and I get to see them in person and I get to see what a wrestling match looks like live and that close. And, that, you know, that's just cool. I think that's just cool. I'm, I'm excited to do it. And I know you've been to your fair share of, of shows, but when's the last time you were at an indie show? House of Glory 2016. Uh, which I was very lucky. I saw the height of fucking Broken Mat Mania. Uh, that was fucking awesome. It was fun, though, you know? It was like, shit, I should have done this earlier. Especially during that time, because that was like during like the silver era of like indie wrestling. 
Yeah, it, that that's like Ring of Honor is big. Yeah, and but like uh, yeah. Drew Drew McIntyre was there. EC3 was there. This is like when Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre. Uh, this is like when TNA was like, yeah, just do whatever you want to their roster. So yeah. <laughs> it was fun though. You know, it's like it's done right. It's like a, it's like your own, it's like your own show. It's like catered for you. You know what I mean? So I'm very excited to Man, go this I Sunday. I am having a podcast. <laughs> I am doing a podcast. Well, Mercury was at Ring of Honor 2008 in uh, Hammerstein, so she could shut up. Obviously, she must have been. Mercury, she let you in, and now you're going to interrupt this podcast. Okay, I'll let you out, I guess. Goodbye. <laughs> Did you talk about Samoa Joe? <laughs> <laughs> Joe! Joe! Uh, but, dude... Creative Pro is killing it. Look look at how many people are at AEW because of Creative Pro. Oh, yeah, dude. It's no fucking joke. MJF, Chris Statlander, Max Caster. Uh, and, and, you know, not for nothing, I feel like Brian Myers has really been able to, you know, he's obviously a great teacher. And uh, Bryce says it all the time. He feels that Creative Pro is like the place, not just on Long Island, but in New York. Like, if you want to learn how to wrestle, you go there. Him yeah. and Pat Buck are going to teach you what you got to know but it is cool to be in a it's really cool that long island has somebody like brian myers that you know think of what you want about him about kurt hawkins you know about matt cardona zach Ryder. but these are people that are like very well respected in the industry that have rubbed shoulders with legends all over the place and they make a lot of connections and that's like an invaluable thing to be able to learn from people and and have these huge people just show up randomly and like get to work mm -hmm. with them and get to learn from them i can only imagine as a young wrestler that that is just like a a huge deal and so i i'm excited to see it i i hope that we'll get to hang with bryce maybe see bobby there um but regardless i'm really looking forward to it uh I'm a little more upset that Bryce and Rex fought again. Now they're fighting soon again. Bryce beat Rex, which uh pretty sure he called. So just war yeah. is happening between our wrestler friends here. <laughs> uh, you know, all I can tell you, Rex, is that we, uh, Bryce we, talks uh, a lot of shit. We made that feud happen. Yeah, we did. We did. We're basically solely responsible for that feud. And all I can tell Rex is that Bryce talks a lot of shit whenever he's on here. So, you know, open floor to respond whenever you want. Uh, but, you know, Bryce is also on a little bit of a of a winning streak himself here as a singles wrestler. He's won his last four going back before the year. He's undefeated in 2022. Uh, I'm pretty sure his last singles loss uh, I am sure there are other ones, but one of his last single losses was against MJF. So he really got that scarf rub, you know. It's happening. Our now, boy is rising. Speaking of weird rubs. Uh, so uh -oh. this obviously. <laughs> so I was out with my friends the other night. Uh, <laughs> no, I uh, speaking of things that are, are strange to me. Uh, Danhausen. Very evil, very, very nice, very evil, very elite. Uh, joining up with Orange Cassidy and, and helping him out against Adam Cole. This is an this is a kind of funny time for wrestling as a whole, because 
you talk about like how NXT felt like a super indie. Well, like what the fuck is AEW then? You know, AEW is this weird hodgepodge of of WCW Southern wrestling style leanings and like the most ridiculous indie shit you've seen. And like Danhausen debuted and released a shirt and it immediately broke the site. And the last time that happened was when CM Punk did it. And Hook. like and Hook. Yes. But like. It's just so fucking funny. The people that are over right now. Orange Cassidy, a great example. Like this is a kind of weird time for like wrestlers that are like wrestling in general, isn't it? Like who we what defines a star? You know what? What makes somebody a star? Well, dude, it's like you explained it within your own summarization there. It's if WCW produced an indie show in 2022 and kind of like you know to give wcw credit they kind of like had all these elements to it back in the day i feel they had the ridiculous characters they had uh the forbidden door people uh they had the established legends it's just that they had vince russo driving everything so i mean (laughs) the elements were there but i think you know this is just the um the culmination of all it's it's all the culmination of all like the weird uh internet culture amongst wrestling combining with the old traditional aspects of wrestling and it's just mm-hmm. a perfect storm right now so there's Even no definitive somebody- there's no definitive definition for a star in wrestling today because Danhausen doesn't even have to wrestle a match he could just be the Svengoolie of AEW and, <laughs> and that he, would be fine. And I, and I think about that idea, right? Like, like there, nothing defines a star is a great way to look at it because wrestling for, since time immemorial has always had like a specific definition of what defines you as a star, right? Going back as far as hack and Schmidt and Thez and Sam Ga- and, and uh, Vern Gagne, said sam gagne like we're talking about fucking hockey here huh. uh you know where we, there's always you know to to sting and hogan and flair austin rock like there's always a certain character or set of characters you know or body types that have just traditionally always been over in wrestling no matter how it's progressed throughout the years the people that are super entertaining on the mic, the people that are really good in ring, the people that have good looks, you know, the the big fucking bruisers, the cruiser weights. But today is very strange because, you know, on a real tangible level, right? Like you ask a random person on the street who like Roman Reigns is, right? It's like a decent chance that they might at least know what the name sounds like, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's probably easy to be like, could you say the same thing about John Moxley or Orange Cassidy? I'm like, no, but also maybe like yeah. if you move that much merch, if you are that over at shows that have tens of thousands of people in it, if you are somebody who when they show up in a promotion, it's a huge deal. Hell, like Matt Cardona showing up at GCW and and NWA is like something that is cool outside of the wrestling sphere. Is Matt Cardona a star like, like Brock Lesnar is no, but also like you said, like what, what defines a star? 
because if it's how much money you bring in fucking somebody like Orange Cassidy probably is as much of a star as Kevin Owens or Seth Rollins or anybody else on that roster. CM Punk and Brock Lesnar are on totally different spheres, but the amount of money CM Punk is bringing in, are you going to sit here and be like, oh, it's not as big a deal as Brock Lesnar? It's hard to say no, you know? Mm -hmm. And just the idea that like people like Orange Cassidy or Danhausen or Hook are like mega over, even like somebody like Hangman Adam Page, who I feel like, at least from listening to crowd responses, he's got to be one of the biggest stars in wrestling. He's got to be one of the most over people I've seen in a very long time. The reactions that he gets are just so overwhelming. And, you know, would he have been a star in the 90s and the 80s? I don't know. It's hard to know. But um, it's just watching this industry evolve throughout the years throughout the last two years even really has just been so interesting uh well i mean we can circle back to the indie conversation and you know the seeds were definitely planted in 2016 2015 go back as far as uh 2008 you know with that with that indie culture so i i it's just good to see someone capitalizing on it because wwe used to be good at that having random characters but they abandoned that and I'm not turning this into fuck fed conversation. I'm just saying that, you know, this is a time honored tradition, you know, even back to the conversation of Thez and all those guys, you had gorgeous George, who was like the predecessor to all these, you know, yes. unique characters. Yeah. So, I mean, there, that probably, that probably trumps the, that style of character in wrestling is eternal, and that probably will forever trump the strongman type that wrestling was born out of, the circus performers, the you know the guys who used to just travel from town to town of just, these are two strongmen, you know? Yeah. And when Gorgeous George came out, people popped. So, you know, I mean, it's nothing new. But at the same time, it's uh, it, it's it's a welcoming to that culture, and it, it's a good thing that it's being celebrated. You know, even even when you have corny, you're just like, I better not see one of fucking Dan Housen's match because I love the guy and he's gonna ruin it for me. <laughs> and and you know what's funny is like Dan Housen is probably somebody Cornette wouldn't even bitch about that much because like he's a great example of like. You know, he wrestles his character. Mm-hmm. Not everybody wrestles their character, but he wrestles his character. But he's not Orange Cassidy. He's not out here making a mockery of wrestling or pockets. whatever. Fucking, oh, yeah, he's not pockets. He's just jars full of teeth. You know, I thought he was going to slam Hook and call him Flock of Seagulls, but he fucking loves him. <laughs> because like Hook. when you when you have somebody like I know, obviously, Hook has one of the greatest teachers in his father. But I mean, you know, these these are these, these types of characters have been long awaited by many people old man cornet aside like uh, somebody like hook a, a promised prince uh, we've been we've been begging for this type of guy you know what i mean somebody that like wow you know we're watching fucking Shawn michaels and the rockers like we're gonna see this guy for the next 20 years and it's gonna be fucking amazing that's how it feels watching people like jungle boy or mjf for sure yeah, is, we- is just being like wow there's so much more to go. I think that was one of her first conversations with Jungle Boy that like, you know, it's going to take time 
but you know we 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 see like who's the, our very first conversation with AEW was they need to hit home on their homegrown guys mm-hmm. and we know the deal with business like they had to fucking they had to do the established guys first um but you know i mean like exactly my point is that you know it you got to hit your homegrown guys you got to hit on your unique characters and they are doing that many other uh federations are doing that as well so you know we're we're just a long story short we're in a perfect storm right now of uh of the indie cultures cuz it, it looked like a time that it was like not going to happen but mm-hmm. um yeah it's the it's the chickens coming home to roost in a very good way so it, it's very good to see just when you think that like you know for example, like CM Punk, like, you know, okay, like AEW's not going to top this, like a hook, like a random character that, you know, they, there's, they keep them exclusive to Friday night for the most part. Um, you know, they, they, they struck a home run with that. Now you got Dan House and that was, you know, the worst kept secret in the world that he was going to go to yeah, AEW. Everybody knew. Yeah. But it works, but this shit works, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that it really felt, you know, the fact that Moxley was away for months, the fact that Jericho isn't wrestling as much, the fact that Omega is on the shelf, um, you know, the Bucks aren't featured every week. This is exactly to your point about what we thought AEW is going to need to be successful. And the homegrown stars are not being outshined by the people that come in like Brian Danielson, like CM Punk, you know, like Adam Cole. Say what you want about Adam Cole's booking, right? Say what you want about CM Punk's booking. But I can't think of any better situation than proven stars like them, you know, working with younger talent, with uh, more homegrown talent and having it work. And that's what matters, because sure, maybe you think, why is Adam Cole wasting so much time with best friends? And, you know, every feud can run its course. So I'm not even here to dispute whether it should or shouldn't be over, but simply like. Do you want to know why that's important? Because like best friends were one of your earliest teams and like Chuck Taylor and Trent and OC are hyper over and like Adam Cole should work with them. Best friends being with Wheeler Yuta, letting Wheeler Yuta get put in spots are like that's that's a dude you want to push. Lee Moriarty with Dante Martin, as confusing as that story is, Lee Moriarty is a guy you want to push. Lee Johnson in the Cody verse, whatever's mm-hmm. happening over there. This is what you want to happen. And that's how promotions succeed. And whether this stays this way forever will be will remain to be seen. But if AEW continues to let its wrestlers work on the indies basically freely as they do, I truly think this is a situation where um, we will see. We've called this like the new golden age of wrestling. And I think as long as this kind of talent sharing continues, then you'll probably continue seeing that because if there's one thing we hate, it's monopolies. And like, I don't want to see AW get WWE big to the point where like, Oh, nope. Can't, can't go to the little indie show in Lindbergh. Can't go to the little indie show in Mississippi. You know, like, I don't want to see that. I want to see an evolution of the territories, an evolution of wrestling where people can actually make a fucking living as they literally kill themselves for our entertainment and like also maybe get some health care and unionize. But, you know, don't let me say that too loud or Tony won't <laughs> uh, let us keep using FFC. 
Um, I don't think even his fans want him using FFC, though, so don't worry ideally, about it. Ideally, <laughs> they, would, they would like to keep him away from Fulham and, and the Jaguars as far as, as possible. The most so. revealing thing was... Uh, you know, after the dust up with Tony on New Year's was going, was venturing over. Cause like, I saw a comment in the square circle thread. It's like, it's like as a Fulham fan who doesn't really pay attention to wrestling and came here because I saw Tony Khan's name. It's like, you boys better get over to our fucking subreddit. And like, it's true. <laughs> it absolutely is. It is absolutely true. Um, yeah, you know, so I, 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 I am really excited to go to this show and, Hopefully it'll be the first of many indie shows that that Ryan and I can attend together. And hopefully it'll be the very first of many times we get to see Bryce, uh, you know, and hopefully on uh, bigger, brighter stages. But either way, what's the grand moral of this rambling episode, right? The grand moral is uh, sometimes you need to touch grass. Sometimes you need to remember that, like, the only reason you should participate in something is because you enjoy doing it or you enjoy consuming it. Uh, The world is miserable. Everything's on fire. Work, school, relationships, friends, uh, viruses, plagues. Everything is bad. Everything is hard work and uh, everything's a struggle. And you should spend your time doing things that you love or doing things to better yourself. And for us watching wwe is not really that and that sucks in some ways but also like i said it doesn't because fuck vince and fuck billion dollar corporations and you know fuck AEW as well but there is this hobby this interest of ours there's bountiful bountiful good wrestling out there and we should remember that uh nothing's that big and like if wwe sucks don't watch it and like if AEW is bothering you, don't watch it. And if New Japan's bothering you, don't watch it. Every continent has great wrestling. Rev Pro in fucking the UK is killing it right now. Said Brit Rest is dead. Uh, but you know what? NXT folding probably means NXT UK eventually folds, which means like maybe Brit Rest has a comeback, you know, as the pandemic continues to rage and hopefully recede. Maybe that means Triple A and CMLL get to get back to doing what they're doing. You know, Ring of Honor is set to come back in April. I hope it's great. I hope Jonathan Gresham's promotion Terminus does cool shit. Hell, I hope NW, you know, I, I hope all of these promotions do well. There's so much good shit out there. And it's good to vent and be annoyed and be angry because uh, rage sells and strong emotions sell. But you know what? At the end of the day, smell the roses. Remember that life is short. Enjoy what you enjoy. And like, if you don't enjoy something, go find something else. And that is what we are here to do is to shine the lights on the other things because we are, um, saviors. We are messianic figures in professional wrestling. And, uh, as we explained to Bryce very patiently, uh, we are soothsayers and everything we say turns to gold. So, you know, that's why you, that's why you should listen to us. Um, was that, was that, was that a good ad spot? Can we, can we keep that? We can keep it. Okay, great. It's done. Good. It's done. So as we wrap up here, Ryan, do you have a legend killer for us today? I was so angry at WWE that I didn't prepare for it. I don't have one. Oh, let's pause this. Hold on. Give me a second. But, you know, one thing I wanted to add was, uh, you know, 
despite the many great Bret Hart feuds in the 90s, I think we, we'll probably remember like Al Snow and Head because of how ridiculous it is. And like you're going to remember Danhausen more so than probably half the feuds going on in AEW right now. Yeah, probably. Am I am I correct on that? Yeah, no, I mean, and it we'll see how he gets used. But I think if there's one thing I feel like we can give AEW credit for, it's that they don't overuse their talent. Like, I understand that Orange Cassidy isn't everybody's thing, but like objectively, the dude can wrestle like he is a very much above average wrestler. Uh, he knows how to put together an entertaining match. He's not afraid. He sells like a maniac. He's not afraid to make himself look like a, a stupid idiot. Um. And so I'm not really worried about like somebody like Danhausen being overexposed or anything. I'm not worried about him being shoved down our throats. Um, I think he'll be around and he'll show up and that'll be cool. You know, plus best friends are um, all members of chaos, which means uh, legally Kazuchika Okada and Danhausen are in the same faction. So just think about that. Think about that the next time you complain about Danhausen or Orange Cassidy on your TV is that uh, Kazuchika Okada is their best friend now. So, oh boy, you want to you want to go yell at the Rainmaker? <laughs> I bet you don't. Um, well, Ryan, since you don't have a legend killer propped up, we will do a different segment that we had done once before that I don't remember the name of. Uh, square. Squared, squared circles and silver screens. That's there you go. That's what we'll call it. Oh, there it. we go. Okay. Um, because for the past month, Gina and I have been engaged in Too Fast to January, where we attempted to watch every single Fast and Furious movie before we went to Universal and rode the Fast and Furious ride. Uh, we only got up to six, but five and six are, of course, when uh, The Rock is introduced. And so we're going to talk about Fast Five here. Now, this franchise is terrible, um, but it's great. But it's like great, terrible. But we we are a wrestling podcast. So we don't care about the Fast and the Furious or, you know, Too Fast, Too Furious, Tokyo Drift or Ampersand, which is what they call Fast and Furious because it's number four. We're here to talk about Fast Five, which is when this show, the movie franchise really went off the fucking rails. I have um, to admit, I've only seen the first two. Oh, Ryan, just skip all the other ones. Skip all the other Vin Diesel monologues about Ferry. No, I have and- I have people telling me, I gotta watch three, bro. You gotta watch the crappy straight to video Tokyo Drift, bro. Oh my god, Tokyo Drift is so not good. Um Fast and Furious is when things like really start picking up, but then Fast Five is just absurd. The Rock comes in and has some of the worst fucking lines I've ever heard. A real line is uh one of his subordinates comes up to him and goes, uh, you know, I got good news and bad news, sir. What would you want? And the rock goes, you know, I like my dessert first. And then the subordinate says whatever he has to say. And, you know, here's the good news, whatever. And then the rock goes, now give me the damn veggies. And that's him asking for the bad news. And that's like a real line that he said out loud, like in a movie. And they wrote that for him and he delivered it with conviction. And like that gives you a good idea of like who The Rock is in this franchise in general. Uh, Fast Five, he's a uh, he's not quite an antagonist, but he's definitely against Dom and the family. Uh, And uh, they introduce uh, what ends up being Jason Statham's brother. And then Rock and Jason Statham get their own franchise because uh, then he started beefing with uh, 
Vin Diesel and uh, other members of the cast. But Fast Five is as much a wrestling uh, movie as I've ever seen. The fight scene between The Rock and Vin Diesel is really just like Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns going at one another. And uh, if you ever wondered what would the worst most poorly written scripted action scenes in any wrestling I've seen. How would that translate to a movie? You might think the answer is uh, that Hulk Hogan movie. Uh, Santa with muscles. <laughs> not Santa with muscles. Uh, uh, no holds barred. Oh God. I haven't seen that one. <laughs> but it's not. I, I'm pretty sure no holds barred is the... <laughs> If you look up Hulk Hogan movies, they give you Rocky Two, WrestleMania 31, Andre the Giant, and then Hulk Hogan sex tape. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I also, like, when I was trying to pull up a, 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 a legend killer, I typed in young wrestlers, and I cannot fucking... Let's not, let's not screw <laughs> my let's algorithm not here. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No Holds Barred, I'm pretty sure, is the one where, where he, like, rips off a car door, and then a dude shits himself, and he's like, what's that smell? And he's like, dookie. I'm pretty sure that's No Holds Barred. Uh <laughs> But anyway, if you thought that what would wrestling be as a movie and you thought it would be like a Hulk Hogan movie, it's not. It's Fast Five. That's what that's what uh, wrestling is personified in a movie. So uh, everybody who likes wrestling should go watch that movie and then go watch the rest of the franchise. And you're welcome. You can thank me. And really, you can thank Gina. Don't ride the ride at Universal, though, because holy shit, that was the worst ride I've ever been on. Did they take down fucking Jaws for that fucking bullshit? No, they took down, uh, I think they took down like the disaster movie or earthquake or twister, whatever the fucking one I it miss was called. those old fucking. And they, they shove you in a party bus and you're part of the family and they spray water in your eyes. You're part of the family. It's, it's just so fuck. Literally at the end, Vince like, it's family is always family and you're always, I'm, I'm waking him sound like Sylvester Stallone. But the point is he says family a bunch and, and you know, whatever. It's a bad ride. Uh, but the Velocicoaster at Universal, best ride I've ever ridden, hands down. So uh, that's metal. Anyway, did I stall enough for you to bring do your job? Yes, I do. Yes, you did. Here we go. Okay, just give me one moment here. I don't need the flash. Why does my camera have flash in 2022? What? Just because it's the future, darkness doesn't exist anymore? Hey. Sunny days are here again, my friend. There are no sunny days, Ryan. Everything is is darkness and shadow. Hey, at least we're all in the same boat, right? I've given you way too much time. All right, to here it what is. Here it Come is. On. What, are you, what are you doing? Here it is. Who is oh. this? That's Brock Lesnar. God damn it. Is it that easy? Yes. Look at his face. That's no a really a good look. He's a young boy. That's a young. That's a young, untainted boy right there. There you go. There's Ryan looking up young wrestlers and talking about Fuck young, you. untainted boys. There you go. You just ruined just my night. You... Thank you. Okay. All right. I didn't and... ruin shit. You're the one that called young Brock Lesnar a young, untainted boy. He's a teenager there, you fucking pervert. Don't okay. vape at me. I will vape I'm at right. you. <laughs> I'm right. Come on. It's Brock. Was that, Who was has it... a face but Brock? Was that your, uh, was that your quickest one ever? <laughs> Probably that was, a, that was a spite. Guess. <laughs> that was that was really. <laughs> um, I well, you know what? I got Sami Zayn and Neville really quick, but that was yeah. probably quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, 
was that that was pre NCAA because that's like that's like high school yeah, Brock, right? That's when high he like school Brock, yeah. first started amateur wrestling. Mm-hmm. Never forget, Brock's got legitimate credentials. Um well gee, I sure am glad I stalled all that time for you to do that. Give me a give me a fun fact about Brock Lesnar. Do your job. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. Brock Lesnar is one of the like the most decorated like professional I like sorry the most decorated amateur wrestler in like NCAA history. There you go. Uh, he's also one of uh, very few men to hold the WWE and uh, IWGP Heavyweight Championships in his career. Uh, I would argue. That he is, I wouldn't even argue, he probably has to be the only person to ever hold the WWE Heavyweight Championship, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, and the UFC Heavyweight Championship. Because, like, I'm sure, I I feel like uh, Bob Sapp or one of them, they were definitely UFC Heavyweight Championships at uh, at some point. Dan Severn, yeah. Uh, Yeah. They were never in WWE. So, there you go. There's, there's, wow, I'm just, I'm just... I run the show now, Ryan. I look at me. I am the captain now. Acknowledge me. Acknowledge me. God damn it. Um all right. Well, look, folks, we don't have to keep you here all night. We've ranted and raved as we've needed no, to. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. We have another 3 hours. Another 3 hours of talking about this Royal Rumble. I mean, if why, you got why, the time. We are Vikings. The Grit couple are Vikings. Ooh. If you got the if you got the drinks, I got the time. Uh, now we're good. We're good. Ryan, what have you been listening to? I have been really getting back into He Is Legend recently. Ah, uh, White Bat that that album really did it for me. Yeah, uh, I've been rocking. I'm Hollywood. It hates you, White Bat. White Bat was like really good for them. That's like, you know, I guess that's like their last calling, right? That's the, the, I think when that album came out, I mean, Travis had definitely told me to listen to them before. Like he told me to listen to, uh, uh, what was the one before that? You just said it. No, the one before that was, um, Heavy Fruit. No, I'm it sorry. Hates it, you. It, yeah, it, it hates you was. 2009 then heavy fruit and few came out oh okay yeah, yeah. so but he, like he, white Tra- bat was like you know that was like their map recent, change yeah. you know travis told me to like listen to it hates you but white bat like got me right from jump perfect perfect blend of uh aggression and and melody they remind me a lot of sargasm yeah yeah i don't know if that's like uh, no accurate, that's exactly but- what that's a great point <laughs> so there you go matt you're welcome uh, also, I would be remiss to not address this, but every time I die, I have broken up. They broke up no. in the lamest possible way. I probably should have given you the floor for this instead of a legend killer. That's what I should have done. Hey, you know, I mean, not good. We, not, we very wrestling, a very wrestling way to break up. It's hard to eclipse Oasis type style breakups in rock and roll, and they certainly did it. So. Uh, never say never. We, we seen, uh, you know, maybe, maybe a lawsuit like the misfits will, will, uh, will force them to reunite one day, but there's some things to be worked on. Uh, apparently everybody, but Keith is going to keep moving on. So we will have more heavy riffs to come, but this is certainly, um, a chapter closing in my life, man. 
you know, because every time I die, they, 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 the, it's bigger than themselves. It's a community. And, you know, when you went to shows, you knew people from other cities that you met at previous shows that you were hanging out with. Uh, the boat shows are fucking phenomenal. I'll never forget those driving up to Buffalo eight hours forward and back in a day just to go see uh, a two hour every time I die set. Uh, those memories always be cherished with me. And, you know, for saying a lot too, 20 years is a long fucking time. We've had a lot of bands within that time that mm-hmm. were here for a hot minute that we That's also share true. the same emotional weight with. So we had a good run. Um, certainly this is not how it should have ended. Hopefully we can just, they can just work out their shit and move forward. But it, it's rough, man. It really is. Yeah. It, this is really one of the worst, most public breakups I've seen. Uh, you know, for me, system of a down was like a devastating breakup, but, it but even was they not stand with- to like, fight. yeah, they, <laughs> they like, shove it, it down not- to make a cool 10 mil on an LA show. Like, you know, it I mean? wasn't this full of fucking vitriol. It really, this is like, this is bad. This is like very public, very bad. And like you said, like, uh, every time I die, fans are so connected to the band and, and it means so much to them. So this is like just really rough. And like, obviously, you know, same as with wrestling or anything else, like, you know, none of us matter. Nobody, you know, fuck us. It's not our lives. But that but it sucks. It's really fucking hard uh, to watch artists that mean a lot to you just like implode or self-destruct or, or fight mm-hmm. like this. You know, you just want everyone to get along. It's tough. It's tough yeah. stuff for sure. Uh, so, yeah. R.I.P. E.T.I.D. Um, yeah, not to end on a downer, but what have you been listening to? Uh, I've been listening to lots of downer rock as of late, um, but also some other fun. So uh, I was able to procure Jawbreaker tickets for the 25th anniversary of Dear You, and they'll be playing it in its entirety, which is fucking sweet. Nice. They're doing that in April. Uh, New York definitely got the weakest shows because like there are other shows are like, oh, we're with Descendants and Face to Face or Lemonheads and Jawbox. And uh, we got the Linda Lindas and you uh, Chris Gethard. Wait, they don't have you know, fucking Lemonheads from fucking New York. Long Island on the New York City no, show? No, That's no, so no. stupid. No, no, dude. no. I think it's in like Denver, California or whatever. Ugh, that would like, uh, I don't know. I don't get fucking routing. I, Someone, I, I remember either. asking someone why why shows don't come to New York. And it's like, because New York sucks, dude. <laughs> it does. It's the worst. It's the worst fucking place. Uh, but yeah, like, so I tried to listen to Linda Linda's and, um, you know, they're fine, but they're not from me. Uh, I'll shout out two albums because I, I went into a little bit of a nostalgia kick. Uh, I listened to Life in General by MXPX. Uh, just phenomenal 90s pop skate punk. Uh, they remade it a few years ago, but the original is just so punchy, so fast, uh, very religious, but also like not shove it down your throat religious. So it's fine. Uh, they're religious stuff. They are. Yeah. That you, and you can kind of listen to it in some of their shit. Um, they talk about like God in heaven a lot and I think it's easy to get lost in, but yeah, they are, they are religious, but they, I don't know that I'd call them a Christian rock, you know, a Christian punk band or whatever. (laughs) Don't want to draw the ire (laughs) of fat Mike. (laughs) No, 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 no. Don't want to do that. Um, and then also, uh, you know, went back and listened to take off your pants and jacket by blink 182, which is really just a top to bottom flawless album. Um, had some good punk albums in the you know nineties and two thousands. We just got real lucky for a while, so I I went back and and dug into my roots a little bit and did all that. 
Um, so, you know, that's that I, I was listening to that. And then Phoebe Bridgers, love me some Phoebe uh, Bridgers. It Phoebe, turns out. love Phoebe. Love me some Phoebe Bridgers. Um, her most recent album is fantastic. She did a great cover of uh, That Funny Feeling by Bo Burnham. Um, just uh, just great stuff. Oh, you know what? Actually, there was one uh, Alex Leahy. So we watched uh, this movie, Mitchell's vs. the Machines, mm-hmm. which is on Netflix. And if you haven't seen it, it's fucking terrific. It's really, really excellent. And the uh, closing credits have a song by this uh, artist, Alex Leahy, called On My Way. And I really liked it. And I then I went back and checked out uh, their album, I Love You Like a Brother, 2017. Fucking excellent. If you're a fan of like shit like Mal Blum or, you know, punk inspired garage shit from like the 2000s, like your your strokes and your, you know, those type of bands, uh, definitely give Alex Leahy a whirl. They're Australian. Uh, so a lot of like if you're into Courtney Barnett, then I think you'll get a lot of similar vibes there as well. Um, so, yeah, just a uh, just a good amount of of healthy, nostalgic punk rock and ladycore. So do you like not a surf? Never heard. Oh, you never heard of not a surf? Not a surf is like kind of like the predecessors to like brand new and taking back Sunday. Good to give them a that's, listen. I think you like them. That's not uh, bands like Jawbreaker that are the preludes. Yeah. Or? Well, yeah, they're they're, they're in they're in the jawbreaker like uh, they're hemisphere. in like the '90s emo. Yeah, yeah, yeah like that, that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's a great way. Of Not a surf. It. Yeah, I'll check that out. Okay, uh, listen to popular. Okay, I will. Uh, Is it popular? It's popular. Okay, there you go. Uh, one last thing. Today is the 30th anniversary of Dookie. We are, I we are love, old. Love. I love that you called it Dookie. A Dookie. Dookie. Ducky, yeah, it's it's obviously not Ducky, I but I ducky. love that you said it. I did not say it. Ducky. I said Ducky. Brian loves Ducky. Ducky. Well, to, ducky. What do you boys listen to down here? Ducky. Yeah, love oh, that ducky? song. I love Time of Life. Yeah, Ducky, Ducky, great, uh, great, uh, great album. That's that's what your dad would sound like, I guess, if he was uh, a Green Day fan. Green Day's weird. Green Day had like so like this is like you know the innovators of like their sound and like this era. And then they had time of your life, and then it kind of like fell off the the face for a little bit. Then they come storming back with American Idiot, and now it's just love like, American Idiot. Now it's just like love that album. But I guess that's more than a lot of bands could say, right? Like two rises yeah. like that, and then just settling on their laurels in a, in a very in a very shitty way. But you know, <laughs> yeah. Well, look, you know, you can't win them all. But American Idiot, you know, if that's your late career revival, then God bless, because I will stand that album any day of the yeah, week. Yeah, no, that's uh, that album rules. Yeah, I mean, I was probably a hater back in high school, but that um, that album is just like it, it, it's special. So it tastes like seventh grade. Yeah, um, just like ice cream. So, uh, that's what we have here. The next time you see us, we will be reporting uh on our creative pros, and uh, we've got a we've got a couple profiles that we're gonna go through, and I think next time you listen to us, you'll probably get a nice. A nice beefy profile on a wrestler you don't care about. Um, don't get don't do get here. used to these hour and a half show, folks. Yeah, don't don't. Uh, no, no, back to two hours for you. <laughs> uh, but until then, enjoy the extra thirty minutes we have gifted you, the benevolent gods that we are. And so, for Ryan and for myself, this has been the most electrifying must listen to podcast in sports entertainment. This has been F F C.